0: In 2016, 45 years after the hijacking, the FBI suspended its investigation of the case. While the FBI is no longer looking for D.B. Cooper, there is a community of people who are trying to solve the case on their own. Welcome to the Cooper Vortex. In this episode, we welcome Vern Jones back to the podcast. If you aren't familiar with Walter Recca as a suspect, I'd recommend you listen to previous episodes we did with Vern or Joe Koenig, or Lisa's Story. Vern's publishing company, Principia Media, handled D.B. Cooper and Me by Carl Lauren and Getting the Truth, I Am D.B. Cooper by Joe Koenig. Now Vern has his own book out, titled The Search for D.B. Cooper, How We Cracked the Case and Why Some People Don't Want It Solved. I've read it and truly loved it, especially when Vern gets a little salty with the Vortex. Enjoy this episode with my good friend, Vern Jones. Vern, you have a new book out, The Search for D.B. Cooper, How We Cracked the Case and Why Some People Don't Want It Solved. My first question for you is, based on reading your book, it seems like you never thought that you would be writing a book on Walter Rekka or especially on D.B. Cooper. (coughs)
1: that's true that's true that was the last thing i wanted to do at that point as a matter of fact
0: yeah so if i had a time machine and i went back i guess at this point now it'd be closer to 15 years uh and said you'll have a db cooper book out and we'll be on this (laughs) podcast about db cooper making your second appearance uh, what would you say to that
1: um bullshit um (laughs) 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 yeah yeah it it just wasn't even on the radar
0: would you mind giving us a quick rundown of how you sort of got sucked into the vortex, I guess? Yeah,
1: you know, uh, our story is so much different than all the rest of them, because almost everyone else is either has a relative that they believe is was Cooper or they uh, see themselves as uh, detectives and they're going through all the FBI files and stuff. Um, we I just we had a small boutique boutique. Uh, mm-hmm publishing company. And uh, one of our editors came to us and said, I have an uncle who wants to uh, uh, wants you to publish his book. And as our process is, I turned it over to Dirk Waring, our director of publishing. And I said, Dirk, talk to him. Let's see what it's about. And uh, he came back to me and he said, all right you're going to hate this book um but i think you need to talk to this guy and i was like <laughs> tell me what it's about and so he said well it's uh, his his best friend was db cooper and i just said that's the last thing the, comp- the world needs is another deathbed confession for <laughs> a db cooper suspect but he said no i think this is different and you really need to just i just really fought it but finally he convinced me and i i called carl and um, carl convinced me to stop um, at his place in florida and um, we did and at that point i just became more and more interested i, I still didn't believe that that uh, Recca was cooper until about a year into the process um, but i knew Recca had an incredible story of what his life was about uh, and so i was interested to just Explored on that basis. But um, about a year into it, I started to believe more and more that it probably was. And then, uh, you know, we hired Joe Koenig. Uh, most of our evidence is, is verbal. It's uh, confessions. It's uh, audio confessions uh, between Carl and Walter, and then um, confessions of Walter to Carl, to his wife, Loretta, and his, his niece, Lisa. And I needed to find out if these people were telling the truth. And then most importantly of all, they had an eyewitness that actually saw Walter less than an hour after the plane had left SeaTac um, coming in after, uh, with a broken leg. And so that eyewitness, Jeff O'Shaughness, we call him Cowboy, um, I, I just couldn't believe that he could have remembered that story. But then when we interviewed him, it was like <laughs> everything came together. And we'd, we hired Joe Caney because Joe is a forensic linguist. And Joe he's like one of the premier linguists in in the country and he interviewed all of these people he went over the audio tapes just meticulously over months and he said i think these people they're not being deceptive i think they're being truthful and that's really when i said oh my god we really have a db cooper story because otherwise i thought we just had a spy story (laughs) uh with reka but that was when i said i believe this is the db cooper story yeah
0: without the db cooper thing walter's life is very very slippery
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's unbelievable it's a jason bourne sort of thing but it's it's in real life and it's so well documented i don't I don't think anyone has seen all the documents that Walter had. Um, He kept everything. Oh my God, he kept his military physical records. He kept he kept the letter to the CIA where they rejected him. He kept all of this stuff, Uh, but he kept five passports. Five US passports. He kept one UK passport. He kept his leather bound KGB ID. Um, and he turned that all over to Carl. And who, you know, Lisa's story, his niece has it, which is appropriate. But um, all of that was in diaries, diaries and, and address books and bank account numbers all over the world and stuff. It, it was just overwhelming that uh, we see stamps where he said, I went into this country and I that drove across the border and assassinated this guy and then collected the money in, in Amsterdam. And it's like the passports just follow it. And it was it was crazy.
0: I think one of the most interesting things about Walt, in my opinion, is when he gets into legal trouble later in life. As already a felon. And, you know, if you're a felon, you can't own any firearms. And and he gets busted with a cache of weapons that includes, like, a grenade launcher and, and wild, wild stuff. And nothing ever happens to him. The same with sort of the burning down the pizzeria thing.
1: Yeah, his, his son testified against him in the pizzeria. And one of his employees said he saw him practicing to burn down the pizzeria. It's You know, he told Carl... Uh, he said, I, I can't be arrested. And Carl corrected him and said, no, you've been arrested. You just can't be prosecuted. Um, and it was true. They they would arrest him. I mean, they served a warrant and came in and got all those 38 weapons in his house. And and the way Walter told it, he said he knew the raid was coming, so he got the big guns out of there. Um, and, and But he wasn't arrested. He wasn't prosecuted. Um, He actually had a running dialogue with an FBI agent, a female FBI agent in Detroit um, almost to the end of his life. It was he was protected. It it sure seems like that when you eventually release
0: the the Carl Lauren book, um, you guys or Carl, I should say, was waiting for Walt to die to release all this information. So you have your Carl Lauren book come out, D.B. Cooper and me. Right.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: And and then you have the documentary series come out. uh, D.B. Cooper, the real story. Right. Did you know that uh, Joe Koenig was going to do a book immediately after that?
1: You know, when we started uh, talking with Joe um, and I said, I, I we had published Joe's first book. His, his first book was Getting the Truth. It's an amazing account of how you really discern if people are being misleading or stuff. It's it's really fun, especially in political season, when you hear politicians, you know, going around and, and you say, OK, oh, yeah, Joe would say this. You know, it's really is it's very good. But he did the same thing. Um, with that so i was asking him to do a lot of work and um and and part of the compensation was um that he said you know if i i think this could lead to my second book and so we said we'll definitely work with you on that so about halfway through is when um when i had a a feeling that it was going to lead to another book but literally joe wouldn't have published either if any of these people were misleading or maybe he would have you know said that you know they're 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 not telling the truth he probably would have he's a I, I there aren't many people i respect more than joe but um as we went through it every one of after he was evaluating like uh, uh cowboy jeff was i was thinking oh god if this goes bad the whole thing's gone you know that's south if, if everything goes south if, if jeff was and and jeff was just beyond reproach. He is just such a, you know, when I, uh, we first went to Cleelum and I was worried, I did the first interview with him. And I, first I asked Joe, how do I do this interview? I don't want to contaminate it. And, um, uh, I, I met the, um, the editor of the local newspaper and I said, do you know this guy, Jeff Oshaditz? He said, we're looking at a, a, a story and he's an eyewitness. And he said, if Jeff shouted is your witness, you couldn't have found a better witness, which is pretty high compliment just off the cuff, you know, and they're not great friends or anything, but they do know each other. But yeah, it's um, we were on pins and needles when, mm-hmm. when that interview after I completed it, because, you know, I, I basically Joe said, this is the question you ask and then ask this one. And, the, and uh, because he's really concerned about saying something that would lead them into an answer and so i was very very cautious of that but um yeah and then when uh, when he did that evaluation that was really uh key to our whole investigation
0: but early on after let's say even after joe's book came out and you know we've had joe on the show a very very sharp
1: guy very cool guy yeah.
0: were you planning on writing a book at that point in time or that hadn't crossed your mind then either no.
1: Now, after we got done with Joe's book, I'm like, I'm out of this group. I, I, <laughs> I can't stand it. I really need to get out. But then as I got talking about it and all of a sudden, Dirk says, you know, you're going to write a book about this. You know, you have to tell our side of the story, how we went through this whole thing. Because, you know, when, there were a lot of attacks on, on Carl uh, when he wrote his book, um, which was really unfair. Um, and, um, and Carl was one tough son of a gun i'll tell you what I, I i i only wish that those people that were criticizing him would say that to his face because at 82 years old i would have i would have taken carl's uh, a bet on carl at any point um but it it's um uh, the, the whole journey was was just shocking to me as we went from one one point to the next um at uh, how it all unfolded and so i had no plans to write it but i did feel that um we just need to to differentiate ourselves from uh, carl's and, and and walter from everybody else because we didn't go out there and we're not trying to match everything up and we're not trying we were following the evidence and we knew we had to say okay this is what they're saying is it true and that was where it led and so some of our you know some of the, the people are saying well you know, uh, there there are a lot of uh, part of the book. I talk about you know um, uh, objections from the the Cooper vortex, not not your group, but the the, the group in general. Right. And, I um, love that chapter. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's like you know we we had to address those things because you know it's like well why did you say that? Why did Walt say when I was trying to go out of the side door? I don't know why he said it, but I'm telling you, I could have left it out. We That's didn't have to point. share. That's a great we point. We didn't have to share everything, but we just said, this is our story. And I don't know anyone else who's in this Cooper realm who is, who, who actually published things that were obviously different than what was reported in the FBI files. And it's what he said to Tina it, it was It was funny listening to Walt because... Carl would be asking him questions, and, and Carl, my mother would have called him a smartass, uh, the Walter smartass, because he just said things off the cuff sometimes. And um, but the other thing was, these are thirty-five-year-old memories that he had, and say why was it different than Tina Mucklow? So Tina Mucklow's memory was from eight hours prior, right? And and Walters. 37 years later, and he's been all over the world. His life has been threatened, he's been in danger. It. I, I get it that he didn't remember, you know. I, Yeah, you know, 1971 was, you know, I do happen to remember it, unlike most people, certainly. You know, I lived to the 70s, it was my first year of college, and yeah, I had girlfriends I did, I couldn't tell you their last name, right? <laughs> so, right. But, well, but, probably yeah. had
0: a few more drinks in the last 35 years of his life than the average person, <laughs> I, right?
1: I think that's really very true. Yeah. Or even in the first 35 years of his life. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: One thing I really enjoyed about your book is it is the the journey, your journey in this whole process from sort of hearing about this and doubting it to becoming convinced to absolutely believing it. It is, well, 100%. And then the, the last part of the book is probably my favorite because I know you. So when I'm reading the book, I'm hearing your voice in my head. And <laughs> it, it sort of gets a little attitudey towards the end, which I really enjoyed. Like directly going at criticisms. I really appreciated that. And yeah. I thought it was a fresh take. Uh, I highly recommend the book.
1: Thank so, you very much.
0: Let's jump into some of those, then, shall we? Okay. Sure. It, this one here, it's not necessarily um, something that you're critiqued for, but it's something I'm very interested in. Do you think the fact that there were two sketches released did damage to this case? You have the Bing Crosby and the Cary Grant. There are a couple others, but we're going to stick to those those two main ones for now.
1: Right. I think there were uh, the strange things to me. I think that the investigation immediately not. In, uh, not weeks later but immediately by the fbi was very fbi unlike fbi um and one of the things was a sketch like you mentioned i mean they they got a sketch from the two stewardesses who had spent hours with cooper sitting right next to him she was lighting his cigarettes about glow was they brought that stuff and they did a sketch from those two and they posted that 6 days later they posted a second sketch now the the one that, that uh, the, the stewardess is described, and the, the one they made from that, is on the cover of the book. But then all of a sudden, they talked to the the, the ticket uh, agent and other passengers. The passengers didn't know they were being hijacked. They they didn't realize that. You know, A couple of them might have looked at him a little suspiciously. But the ticket agent, my goodness, that was a transaction, $20, out of here, you're gone. Um, they changed the sketch because of them. People who had no reason to have... It, to spend any time observing them um, in very casual uh, encounters to the people who had spent six hours. That didn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. And then a year later to come out with a completely different sketch.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I, I don't, understand that yeah <laughs> I, I think i do but i, I that's an opinion
0: it, it definitely yeah. allows for more suspects because you could just pick which one matches your guy
1: exactly exactly doesn't it make sense that the first one would be the most likely that was the one that 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 the stewardesses supported and mucklow certainly did
0: a point in your book you brought up that i really liked the placard so That was talked about and debated for years and years, and it likely came off of the plane and a handful of people said it didn't. What's your take on that? And what do we know about the placard now? Um,
1: Not much. (laughs) My my take was I was shocked that the FBI immediately said it definitely came off from that flight. That was that was shocking. And then they came back later and said, you know, after it all died down said, well, maybe it didn't, you know, I mean, those fall off all the time. So it was, it, you know, it, they could have been using it. I think to, it, it. It's no secret. I think the, the, the FBI, certainly the CIA diverted uh, the attention from the actual route. Um, and so I just think that was another instance of it. I, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty big deal when that. Uh, Hunter found that out in the woods.
0: Yeah, but it turns out that that comes off those planes all the time, and yeah. they didn't notice whether or not Flight 305 <laughs> had it on there till after they did their second or their duplicate sled test,
1: right? Right, yeah, yeah, that so was that's that just was wild.
0: Enough. On a side note to that, I have personally seen with my own eyeballs two <laughs> placards that claimed to be that one. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. Only in this community, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Only in this community. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But really there are two big criticisms of Walt that are essentially the same thing, the flight path and the drop zone. Where do you believe the plane was and where did Walt land?
1: There's no doubt in my mind that now I guess there's other explanations. I know where Walt landed. Walt landed, about a mile from the Tianaway Junction Cafe just outside of Cleo, which is uh, over 100 miles away from where the, the FBI claimed that it went. I guess a huge gust could have carried him that far. It must have been a hurricane. <laughs> if that was the flight path, all I know is that's where he landed. You know, And, and that whole discussion of, of the flight path, I mean, because so many people literally discount us because of the flight path. Mm-hmm. You know, and... And my first reaction is, you know, if what we're saying is we have Cooper. We have someone who confessed to it. We have an eyewitness. And we have evidence that he spent money, that he took money into Canada. Before he died, he took money out of Canada. We have all of that. And and so and we have, like I said, three hours of audio tape with confession. We have evidence. Um, he bought a house. We found the guy who he bought the house from. He remembered Walter. He remembered the car that Walter dropped because he had just bought it. He, Walter spent the money. We have that evidence. So it, it, it kind of makes me think of like... All right. So, you know, Joe is the, 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 ultimate, uh, investigator. And it's like, okay, so I have this, evidence, I have this witness here. Eyewitness who definitely he's here. The guy's confessing to it. Um, he definitely has it. He spent the money. Um, and then another person saying, well, what route did he take to get there? Okay. I really think could, could the FBI, could the CIA have misdirected it? Could they have lost the plane? You know, there was a, kind of a, a funny incident that happened in 2014 when um, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, a huge Boeing 777 in our latest technology disappeared over the South China Sea. How the heck does that, does that happen in today's? And everyone's saying, oh, there's no way that they... You know, if, if you follow... Um, uh, uh v2 to over Cleelum into yakima and then go straight down to bend that's where the the uh the pilots from sacramento encountered the plane at that point uh so it's just a short year that the v2 makes the most sense um when you consider everything that was happening um it just i mean they had there was a bomb on there they had to figure out to stay away from heavily populated areas because if the plane blows up there's a lot of casualties right so yeah, why would you go over over olympia and and, and uh, over portland that doesn't make much sense really um and uh, if the plane Um, did go off they want an airport where they could land where yakima has a huge airport there Uh, that would make a lot of sense and just they also had the two parachutes and so they had to believe that he was going to take a hostage with them uh, which is why they didn't go over the ocean without the two parachutes they fly over the ocean and this story doesn't even go on because he's gone all right although we still wouldn't know
0: who he was in that scenario either (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well maybe with a parachute you know we could have been, but uh it might have shown up in the ocean possibly but you're right yeah most likely not um so it was uh but we do know now right <laughs> Who he was it's how do you feel
0: that there's a large group sort of pushing a western flight path and that. It, a lot of interest. People seem intrigued by it. Maybe that explains the Tina Bar money somehow. And here you are. I think the plane was a lot
1: farther east
0: than what we believe.
1: True. Sure. And and no one's yeah. willing to listen. Yeah, it's true. And for us, quite honestly, it's like we have him. We we're the only ones that have any evidence. Literally, we don't. No one else has eyewitnesses. No one else says you know within an hour of the flight taking off we have cooper and clalum It was it was walter so for them to argue over a few degrees here or there you know and uh, I, I forget which fbi agent said it, but he said you know we could have been searching he, he said it could have been you know i don't know how many degrees off i forget right now but uh well off the path and we could have been searching in the wrong area this entire time you know but um I just I believe if you look at the FBI's actions after the thing it they weren't trying to find him it, <laughs> it, they really weren't it was they did everything that the FBI doesn't do you know they um, uh, they, they thought he initially they thought the flight path went over area Washington that I've been out there um, it's really heavily wooded and everything um, they they didn't even set up roadblocks. there aren't many roads out of aerial that you can come out. So survive it. Would have been logical. They didn't do that. Uh, they didn't even do flyovers. You know, this was a round canopy. And they drop straight down, and they catch in the trees. And flyovers with small planes would have been a logical thing to do to see if he was still there, you know. Um, they didn't do that for, what, 13 hours it took them uh, to, to even start a um, flyover. They waited five months to organize a search party I think you could have organized a bunch of hunters in hours going out there because there was $200,000 somewhere in that woods. I think you could have gotten a lot of volunteers and you could have, you know, use the, the um, uh, National Guard. They didn't even do that for what was it? I think it was five months that they did the very first search party. Uh, they weren't acting like that. The sketch, we mentioned that earlier. Uh, special agent that was in charge was Charlie Farrell. Um, And he was up in Seattle. He didn't even go to Reno. He's the special agent in charge of Norjack. He didn't even make the trip to Reno where all the evidence was. And of course, the evidence was so mishandled and lost and everything else. But he did. That's a weird thing, I think, to be in charge of that. It just, and it even continued even beyond. I mean, when uh, Carl submitted the DNA through a anonymous source through an attorney and, um, and Larry Carr said it would take three days to get the results back. And it took 74 days. Uh, we looked at, we were in the attorney's office. We looked at their communications. We looked at the emails, uh, the call logs that the attorney had. And the, and the only result that Larry Carr said was in an email, just one line said, doesn't match. And so <laughs> it's like, that's just weird. That's not FBI like to me. I like to think the FBI is a lot more professional than that. But that was how that whole thing was. But all the way well, I through, I think you're this... leaving out
0: the best part of that story.
1: Okay, where Walt calls Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's a yeah. So we, uh, Carl submitted it uh, through uh, David uh, uh, Demora, a really famous attorney down in in uh, in, in in southern Florida, and uh, he. And Demore sent that to Carr, and Carr said take three days. Um, but Walter didn't know that Carl had taken the DNA and is, actually had told him, do not take a DNA sample for me. And he submitted it. Three days later, Walter calls Carl and said, you, SOB, I told you not to DNA me. So very un-FBI-like. I How think, would you know. Walt
0: know that? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was called. I told you he had he had friends in the FBI. He, they 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 kept track of him. Just like you said, he he couldn't be prosecuted when he should have been in jail so many times. And, you know, Walt,
0: of course, isn't the only person to confess to this crime. I didn't hear Dwayne Weber's confession. I didn't hear Kenny Christensen's confession. I didn't hear Barb Dayton's confession. But I actually did hear. Walt's confession, the D.B. Cooper, the real story. Is it four or five parts? I looked at it's on Amazon for $11. And if you're a fan of this case, of this show, of D.B. Cooper, and uh, you're not not into reading books like I am, I (laughs) highly recommend that doc. I mean, you get to hear it for yourself. And Walt's story is just uh, great.
1: Yeah, Yeah. he's... He is, you know, as Joe was teaching me, uh, you know, as best he could. He, I'm a tough student, obviously, but <laughs> uh, for him. But as he's teaching me his the techniques he uses and everything, it was just fascinating going through. It. And he's just like, "This is consistent. This is consistent," you know. And 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 he was looking for signs of stress, and there just isn't. Walt didn't care. He was confessing. and and he knew Carl wouldn't release it until he was dead uh which was important to him um and it was just it it was I I know when we first you know we first found those tapes Carl didn't think they were such a big deal um (laughs) we were going through them and all of a sudden Dirk looks down and there's a plastic box and Dirk says what's in there and he says oh the audio tapes from uh, Carl or when Walter and I were talking and he's like talking about what? And he said, well, you know, the hijacking, just like I've told you. And we said, why didn't you tell us? I mean, we'd been there for half a day and we're looking through all this stuff. And he said, why? You don't trust me? And it's like, no, girl, like, this is kind of a big deal here. All right. And he, he was almost offended that that was more important than his word to us. And it was, it was, uh, it, it, it was just almost comical, but that was that was who Carl was his word was his bond and it's like you just you need to to trust me
0: i think i know the answer to this based on reading your book but you do all this work all this research the team is all in you guys push it all out there how do you feel about the reaction from both inside and outside the vortex
1: um outside the vortex was was quite good as a matter of fact um that's where I think this, uh, that's where my market is for this book, uh, is for people who are really interested. Um, if you're reading to learn rather than reading to criticize and reading to, you know, to, to compare to the FBI notes, um, you're probably not going to enjoy it much. Um, I, they're almost impossible to convince, you know. That's, that's why, you know, the subtitle of the book is, they don't want to solve it. You know, you know, who doesn't want it solved? Well, uh, the FBI and CIA, they know who did it. So it's, there's no solving to it. Um, uh, the, the people who have relatives that they think were Cooper or the people who have done all this research and, and now they've you know, narrowed it down to this one person who they believe it was because the sketch looks like you know, Bing Crosby. They don't want it solved unless people admit it's theirs, you know. Uh, and so basically, everybody who's really or nearly everyone who's following this case at all still doesn't want it solved because <laughs> it's a wonderful mystery. You know, it's a, it, it was really a refreshing story in 19 and, and trying to keep this in, in mind that this was 1971. And 1971 was a really tumultuous time. My God, it was, you know, the, 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 there was... Uh, uh, civil unrest the, uh, with uh, the, the race riots, um, the Vietnam War protests were going on. Uh, the Pentagon Papers had just been released um, proving that uh, the the Pentagon lied to the American public and they had actually expanded the war secretly, which was a big deal for the CIA. The FBI, their headquarters in uh, uh, Pennsylvania were broken into and they got stole the files showing that, that uh, Hoover had ordered wiretapping and and surveillance on american citizens to to blackmail them i mean it was just a really strange time and all this under the pretense that there's this it, cold war going on uh, and the berlin wall is still up and all this is happening so it was it was a really 71 was a really crazy time and that was That was how I think Walt was so valuable.
0: I will say that I disagree with you about the Vortex wanting this to remain unsolved. I think there could be a handful of people that that want it to remain unsolved. But I think more of what you're coming across in the Vortex is that the bar to prove your work inside this community is so high now because of countless suspects and countless confessions and you do have you know this guy pushing this suspect over here and they're pushing that one over here and it's like what it would take to convince a member of the vortex is significantly more than if you grabbed a guy off the street and prevent and presented your case oh okay yeah that sounds that sounds pretty good to me but i I don't like the idea that the Vortex doesn't want this case to be solved. I get accused of that myself.
1: I don't think, and I'm not saying, I've told you this before, I don't put you in that group. I think a lot of them are so we'll disagree on that okay and, and you're right you're right the bar they put is so high it's unbelievable right, <laughs> right. It's, you've got to have a, a ticket stub and uh, a
0: 20 oh, and yeah,
1: a pair of okay. yeah you have to have a 20 bill right it, yeah that's what you have to have is the 20 bill um and we i was shocked that we didn't have one from walter because he saved everything uh, except then in his his final days he had uh, neighbors that were supposed to be taking care of him and then uh, relatives who went through and ransacked his whole house and and took everything of value for the most part um and i'm afraid that that's where one of those 20 dollars bills went because i'm kind of convinced that he did he did have
0: one that would be a real shame
1: yes i know I, i know i know but like i said when you see i mean my god he kept the the long underwear that he wore, you know, that they reported, they stuck out of the bottom of his pants. You know, they, we, we had that, you know, so, you know, all this, all this stuff, all the, uh, that he, that he collected, I, I have to believe that it, that it was there. And, and I know his niece Lisa's story is um, uh, she's also writing a book and and she's, but I know that she's gone through every part of the stuff. That he had. You know, I went through the long underwear feeling maybe it was sewn back together or something. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't there. So that, that would be uh, that would be nice. That would that would have uh, I'm still not convinced that they would they would all believe it. But uh, but, you know, what's funny is that uh, you say that, uh, you know, the man off the street, you know, uh, if you read Joe's book, did you see the endorsements that Joe had? Oh, yeah. He had endorsements from federal judges, third in charge at the FBI, um, <laughs> uh, uh, prosecutors, yeah, and chiefs of police. He Yeah. So it's not just, you know, people on the street that we convinced we uh, he literally convinced some very, uh, very influential law enforcement and uh, and uh, prosecutors that that we had a case that was actually prosecutable. So, um I would like to say that, uh, yeah, and and quite honestly, the the vortex their bar is much much higher than, <laughs> than federal judges. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: it, it definitely would be. At this point, it's it's so chaotic that it, I mean, even the the suspect list grows every day. Somehow, it's been fifty one years, and there's still at least one new suspect every single year.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's um. Yeah, it's and I guess it's, it's really not surprising. Uh, it was kind of funny. Some of the people that I really respect in the Vortex, and there are quite a few of them, actually, uh, but uh, uh, one of them once said, you know, this is the profile. I was listening to him at the uh, Cooper Con a couple of years ago, and he described what, you know, cooper would look like you know it, and he described walter i mean to a t <laughs> with his di- skydiving experience and everything else is like he's right here <laughs> I just but um yeah so we don't ex- we don't expect to convince them with this um but that's okay
0: before i forget when's lisa's book coming out i had somebody reach out to me like two or three days ago asking if her book had come out yet yeah
1: um i just communicated she's uh, wonderful! I I really like Lisa. Um, she's uh, said I, she believes that the manuscript will be ready the first of the year. She's done so much research uh, for that book, and um, yeah, of course, she was one of them who heard the confession. It's just passionate about. I I can't. Yeah, it's it's Walter. She's she was much more convinced than I was, and now I think I've caught up to her, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Lisa is
0: a great lady. I was lucky to hang out with her at Coopercon last year and I had her on the show. She is a fantastic person. And I I can't wait to read her book.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, me too.
0: Why do you think the FBI and or the CIA are let's just say covering it up?
1: You know, um you know it's it's yeah it's, people seem to think it's a conspiracy. It's not it's not a conspiracy. It's um uh it's protecting the nation's interest um you know every, every time there's you know a a businessman who's overseas who's in Russia, and all of a sudden he gets arrested and accused of being a spy or he's in China and he's accused of being a spy or you know a lot of the times they're spies <laughs> you know they are i mean we don't they won't we never admit it. I don't think we've ever admitted yes he was a spy, maybe you know um Oh, shoot. It was the uh, pilot's Gary um, uh, Powers uh, when his plane was shot down over Russia. I guess he kind of had to admit that he was you know, doing surveillance, but you just don't admit it. That's the way the game is played. Um, there's a risk. Um, and they put those people's lives in dangers and exposing one of them as um Uh, you know, uh, Walter had some handlers. And so, and we identified them, we changed their names because they're still alive. And so even at at this time, so the FBI agencies, we know the names of a lot of these people. um, And we just don't release it because we don't know what they're doing now or who they're protecting or who else they would expose if they were exposed. So, there would be no reason for them to come forward and say, yes, that's true, because uh, it, it's the greater good. That's it. Joe Canning came up with that. Well, he coined the phrase, but uh, when we were going through it, I said, you know, they're they're just. And he goes, Vern, it's called the greater good. We all know what happens. We all know that uh, if we you know if a state policeman uh, arrests a drug dealer, and the fbi comes in and says wait a minute he's going to lead us to this other group we need to turn him so that we can get we know that happens all the time and they don't get prosecuted they could have killed people they still don't get prosecuted because there's bigger fish to fry so to speak and we know that happens all the time and so of course they're not going to admit it there's no point in admitting it at this point and they're probably quite amused you all, all of the, the guesswork that's going on. Quite frankly, if you stumbled
0: across that magical twenty tomorrow, we got it. We have the one piece of evidence <laughs> that the vortex wanted. Uh,
1: yeah, what I don't have do any more think- of
0: the stuff. But Lisa, Lisa has it all
1: now. Okay, I've given it all back. I just all right, so, uh, so
0: Lisa finds the twenty in something. Okay, yep, there
1: we go. Yeah, yeah.
0: <sighs> what do you think the reaction would be inside the vortex then?
1: Um, I I can't even guess. I, I would think that, I know that they all wouldn't accept it. Um, there would be excuses that they had it, they found it or whatever. Um, you know, it's uh there were 20s that were circulating walter spent it Uh, we talked about this is 1971 no one's going through and scanning it or anything like that and uh he was very careful he spent it at places that routinely handled a lot of cash 71 there weren't many credit cards it was a lot of cash transactions furniture store absolutely cash transactions cars you bought cars i bought my first car for cash um of course, it was only seventy-five dollars, so it wasn't that much. But anyway, that's where you, you know you, you buy things for cash at that time, and and people bought homes. My my mother and father bought their home on on in contract, and so it was just a cash transaction, very very common. And so when those people went into a bank with, you know, they they had uh, the guy that uh, that Walter bought his house from had I think five or six homes uh, that he was flipping and renting and so every month he wanted cash and from every one of them didn't accept checks he was adamant about it we interviewed him; he's a interesting little guy and so he would go to the bank with the bundles of cash um they didn't go through them check them it just didn't happen And so, and plus it was on the other side of the mountain, you know, if you've ever been to Washington, you know that there's Western Washington, Seattle, and then there's Eastern Washington, and the two don't mix very well. (laughs) No, they're
0: two completely different places. They they are. Both the weather and the people are completely different.
1: Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. And there's not a lot of, there is now more with, you know, Westerners buying lands there, but, but uh, yeah, they're they're pretty separate and uh and i, I saw a thing a couple of years ago that uh, jeff sent me in and someone was like okay we want to draw a new state line and it goes right through the, the mountains right and so right they, half
0: they, of yeah. washington and oregon want to join idaho
1: yes exactly exactly yeah so yeah so it's yeah it's um I, I, I think they would, uh, I, I'm not sure they'd, they'd probably say no, no, it was counterfeited, you know, I mean, they they accused us of, um, well, they could
0: say that a, for a minute, but then once it's come, oh yeah, it's verified. Yeah, okay. It's yeah, verified. hundred yeah, percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I always yeah.
0: wonder is tomorrow we find out it was Walt or Dwayne Weber or whoever, one thing I want to know is how many people are going to be, I knew it, I knew all along I've been a Walt fan the entire time I knew it was Walt yeah. and it's like yeah. well I could pull up 500 messages off the db cooper forum where you said it wasn't That's weird right
1: right yeah I, I think there would be some of that also but uh yeah yeah we're uh we're all in Walt uh, as you know so if it uh, someone else were proven to be true then we would certainly admit that.
0: So, if it comes out tomorrow, a hundred percent, it was Dwayne Weber. What do you do with that information?
1: I, just like what I'm going to do with, if it doesn't come out, I'm going to move on with the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, this isn't literally. This is doesn't make or break my tomorrow. Um, I just know that it's true.
0: I I believe that you don't seem like the guy who would, uh, who would off himself over the wrong (laughs) Judy Cooper suspect or anything like that, Uh, which I do think there are people who would be that upset by this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's not where we're going. We're, we're, we're done with this now. Um, You know, we're going to do some more interviews and stuff like that, but uh, uh, on the book, just because um, I, I enjoy talking about it, but, uh, yeah, other than that, it's, um, uh, and I'll, I'll certainly read Lisa's book. I, I wish her well in that. Um, uh, but now I've, um, I've been just grateful to work with and so many wonderful people and, and meet, uh, it was a, just a pleasure meeting Carl and his wife and family and, and Jeff O'Shott is just salt of the earth guy. And, and I just, blessed to have been able to spend time with them and uh, still consider them, you know, they, every once in a while, I'll get a call or an email or something from one of them saying um, uh, how things are going and, and uh, Carl's passing was a real bad thing for us. So, Um, but that was, it was a special time and, you know, Joe Koenig and Dirk and every you know, Irene and Julie, all of our crew. that was just, um, it was, it was a, Interesting time where we just uh, learned about ourselves as we learned about this case. So,
0: did you watch the Netflix doc or do you stay away from DB Cooper outside of what you got going on?
1: Uh, um, I haven't watched the most recent one. Um, I will, but I just been kind of busy. Um, <laughs> been out of the country for a little bit here for and so, um, yeah, because yeah, your I, book's um,
0: been out for a little while. We've well, well, got you I on the did. show to promote it. It's been out for months.
1: Well, it's it's available, but we haven't been promoting it. Um, so, yeah, we wanted, and some people have been buying it, and I've been getting some really nice reviews, which I really appreciate. Everybody, just that um, is doing it. Uh, but it's yeah, it's available on on uh, Amazon at this point, and. Uh, and it's available through our website, as all of our products are. Yeah
0: did Did you see a bump in your documentary or your book sales from that Netflix documentary in July?
1: Um, I uh, oh. I didn't really track that. We have been getting it, but you never know where they come from. You know, right. it's um yeah, but um yeah, it's um you know it, Joe's book continues to do to do really well. Carl's book just kind of rolls along, and and uh, yeah, we expect. it's it's not unusual if that happens so i'm hoping that um our other products get bumped with this too so that would be nice
0: i'd recommend db cooper and me uh getting the truth i am db cooper the search for db cooper but the documentary i i can't believe how many people i've talked to where they're like oh i haven't seen that like dude it's so good go get it it's 10 bucks on amazon it's a fantastic <laughs> documentary and it's the only db cooper confession that you yourself can listen to yeah yeah
1: yeah it's yeah it's there with its warts and everything you know it's like why did you put that out well because that's what he said you know it's a um yeah well thank you i i appreciate that endorsement we um uh we take a lot of pride in that that was our first documentary we've since done another one on a totally unrelated subject, but we're kind of going down that path um, route to of documentaries.
0: Nowhere? Is
1: that the other one? Oh, route to elsewhere. Yeah. Route to
0: elsewhere. <laughs> oh, elsewhere. I'm so sorry. That was, <laughs> oh,
1: <it's> close. <laughs> you were close. You were close, but it's the people that live on route two would appreciate the elsewhere rather than no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can
0: yeah, see yeah. how
1: that would be. Offensive. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a special part of the country and that's, um, yeah. So the, our second part on that is, uh, just about to come out too. So, yeah. All
0: right. Now that I'm done being nice to you, (laughs) (laughs) how'd the money get to Tina bar? Uh,
1: Do I know how I got there? Um, No. Uh, Do I have a theory? Absolutely. We know that, um, that when Walter called his friend to come and get him from the Tanaway Junction cafe after cowboy gave him directions, um, his name is Don. Uh, Don drove down from Everett, Washington to uh, the, the cafe and picked up Walter and drove him up. What was, uh, Don was kind of a petty thief, a great friend of of uh, Walter's. Matter of fact, Walter told him about the plan to do this when they were drinking in a bar, but as you mentioned, they drink quite heavily. And so <laughs> Don didn't remember any of it. Um, but anyway, he picked him up and he said, so what do you, why are you here? What's this about? And he said, I did what I said I was going to do. And he said, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, I robbed the plane. Uh, that was how we referred to it. And he, um, he then took out Walter's a few packs of the $20 bills and put it in Don's pocket. uh it was a coat that was in the car and said, now we're in this together. And according to Walt and the recordings, he said um, that, that Don said at that point, you know, the prisons are filled with people like you and I, and he was really paranoid. And so he gave Walter a ride back and then he drove home. The FBI did interview Don as a Cooper suspect because he was a fire jumper. Um, That's the other really un FBI like thing is they didn't interview Walter at all, even though he was probably the most experienced one in the entire Northwest. Um, so they interviewed Don, and Don became incredibly paranoid. As a matter of fact, in the audio tapes, Carl and Walter talk about how paranoid Don was. Uh, uh, Carl said, I want to talk to Don about that, and, and Walt says, don't even try. He said, every time I mention it, he hangs up on me. Um, and so Walt had this incredible paranoia. He had a few of the bundles. I tried like crazy. <laughs> I can't tell you how much time i spent trying to tie Don Um uh to the um oh shoot i can't think of the the family that found it um ingrams ingrams thanks yeah uh yeah eugene ingram i tried to combine the two of that how could they had to come together some way don was a um uh sheet metal worker a, a, a pipe fitter so i thought maybe i could get to him there but there was no connection but the two people seem cut from say, maybe the same cloth, if you would. They kind of were into petty crimes without being really um, it just it kind of on the edge of society, if you would. And um, I just thought there was a connection. But what we do know is that Don, um, two months before the Ingrams found the money, he was living in Olympia he left Olympia and went to Alaska and got out of the state completely. And then a couple months later, they find this money. I don't know. I think there's a connection there. I just can't prove it. Um, but it is strange to me that a few bundles of money and it was a few bundles of money that were there. Um, the other thing that was always strange to me and I think is overlooked a lot is, you know, they, Tina Mucklow was very specific in her description of the, the money when it came on board. Uh, the FBI, you know, I, Their notes say clearly that she described it as as being bank bands that that, um, wrapped around the money. Um, And, of course, the Ingrams found rubber bands on it. Um, That, to me, I just... uh, You know, the the FBI's explanation that caught on a propeller and was dragged upstream and all of that stuff. uh, I think the propeller would have been hard-pressed to put a rubber band around him, as it was just to me. But it just... I think that part is overlooked uh also i just um uh it makes sense to me that uh that that was planted there the um you know when uh the uh, father Eugene told his son to go over and he just scraped it with his arm and it was right there um it was it's you know i was raised on farms uh we had cattle and that was where the the um the, the, they watered their cattle uh on the in the tana bar and so cattle going through there would have tore that to pieces if it had been there for very long. So I don't, I just, I don't happen to believe that it floated there. I don't believe rubber bands stay that long in water. I don't think paper turns to rubber band over time. Um, Any of those things. I just think it was planted there. And I believe that, uh, that it was part of Don's money. I think it would degraded uh, obviously for whatever reasons, but um, yeah, that's, that's the only explanation I can come with, but that makes the most sense to me.
0: You heard it here first. Byrne does not believe that paper turns into rubber bands.
1: Over, <laughs> <I just, laughs> yeah, that's. A, I didn't study that in my science studies, but it was. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that's true. I'll, I'll have to check that.
0: I've said on the show before. I almost wish the Tina the Tina Bar money was never found because it doesn't help us in this case at all it only adds more question and then it's like people are now trying to move the flight path based on the tina bar money and it just it's just another thing in this that just adds confusion instead of helping anybody out it's uh, marty andrade on the show he was like you know if you walk along the beach and find a piece of garbage if you have unlimited funds you probably will never figure out how that piece of garbage got there. And he's like, I've sort of viewed the Tina bar money the same way.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's true.
0: Speaking of money, this question I actually stole from DBfan57 on the DB Cooper forum. And I thought it was really, really good. So going forward, let's all just pretend it's my question. But I wanted to give credit <laughs> in this episode how much money has DB cooper cost you personally money and time
1: um, I uh, uh, there's a, <laughs> there's an old there's an old adage you know it's like you know how do you know how do you uh, how do you have a, a, a medium-sized fortune while well, you start with a large fortune right <laughs> so, and then you do stupid thing um, actually I I, um, I haven't even bothered to to actually calculate it all a lot of it was like travel and stuff like that wasn't uh um wasn't added to the ledger or anything like that uh it was it was just something i needed to do and fortunately um my wife irene is is just a tremendous supporter of all my uh projects let's call them and um and she was right with me the whole time. It's like, all right, this is what's going to be, and so just let's just do it. So uh, we were fortunate enough that we were able to, uh, but um, um, more than a little.
0: That's that's a fair answer. I <laughs> I thought about it for a long time when I saw that question because it's it's interesting. Like D.B. Cooper stole from me too when I thought about yeah. it that way. It's like he didn't yeah. just get two hundred thousand then. You look at all the time and money that others have poured into this. Yeah, after yeah. that, and you yeah. look at that money as money and time as part of his heist. Then, boy, he's doing real well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, yeah. It a lot of people have have invested a lot of time and money. You're exactly right. And uh, but it was um, uh, in in my life, it was money well spent.
0: I I agree. I mean. I spent a few bucks. I have spent a lot of time on this. Uh, my wife luckily feels a similar way. Uh, yeah, you go do your D.B. Cooper thing. But, you know, if we're sitting in the living room and I start talking about D.B. Cooper, I can just see her eyes roll into the back of her head. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. I'm, and I say, do you want, do you care about this? Do you want to hear about this? And she says yes, but I know that in her head she's going, no, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like it's almost like i have to let him speak now because i know i'm gonna hear sooner or later anyway right oh uh,
0: yeah oh yeah i've got it i gotta get it out i gotta tell someone and you're, you're that the only right. one here.
1: yeah 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 she was um uh I, at the one time irene got really a little nervous is because we had all of um walt's passports and we had his diaries and we had we had numbers. Of, we had bank account numbers all over the world. We had phone numbers and addresses of his contacts that he had in different areas. And um, and and I'd, uh, Joe, I, Joe, we were in a in uh, an, an airport. And um, I was talking to Joe on the phone. And Joe said, "Okay, so look around you." I said, "What's that?" And he goes, "Who around you do you think is an FBI agent?" And I said. <laughs> I don't think anyone he said you're really naive and it's like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) so from that point on um and then and irene's like oh my god you know and she's uh, but uh from that point on we actually moved them out of the house because i had all that stuff in the house and and uh uh, and not in my office. and so I had a friend who agreed to open a safe deposit box <laughs> and a bank somewhere and that's where we kept them until we needed them to bring them out and stuff. but you uh, it just it, it just got so surreal because you knew I mean looking at these documents these are these are real. Uh, people's lives were ended because of Walter's activities here and um, it it was it was pretty Pretty crazy. So uh yeah, that was I think that was the one time when I really felt maybe I don't want to be in this. Thing. <laughs> yeah, but but she got through it. So she's she's fabulous. Mm-hmm.
0: Where do you go with this next? I know you say that you're going to put it away after Lisa's book comes out, but it's famously hard to leave the vortex.
1: Yeah, I don't um I I really I don't know why it would be difficult to leave. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I don't. It would be hard if I were depending upon everyone else to add things to my story or maybe refute it. So then I can, and and the people that are going through the the FBI files, I get the community is really important to them and and it's probably really very helpful. We don't have that. I, you know, I'm now, I'm really good friends with Joe Caney. We'll go to dinner tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. Um, And so I stay in touch with them, but it's not because of coopers because we're friends and um you know I, I stay in touch with loretta and with lisa and um so it's just but to get back involved with the and go to any cooper events it doesn't uh it doesn't interest me right now
0: i i don't see you checking the forums every single day like i am i don't see you posting and arguing with people online
1: nope <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. It doesn't go this. Someone sent me an email the other day, and we try to respond. And the guy, he sent it to our uh, website, but he said, um, said, "I know you're probably going to attack me." And it's like, "Why am I going to attack you? I don't, you can believe whatever you want to. I don't care. It's it, you really didn't affect my life today. So just hope you have a good day. I think you should read this story so that you really understand our story. But other than that, it's just have a good day. I'm done. But yeah it's um i'm i i won't be involved with those it was we had enough contact as it was <laughs> <laughs> But i'll follow you i'll follow your podcast though that's uh i enjoy your interviews so oh why thank you yeah all right other than uh
0: hooking up and getting all your books the search for db cooper it's out now it's on amazon and uh like i mentioned before if you aren't a reader definitely check out db cooper the real story it's great and i am truly surprised by the number of people who were dismissive of it without watching it, it that is something that really annoys me when it's like I- oh yeah i heard about walt like well did you read the book no did you see the documentary no Oh, so, you read the one paragraph on Wikipedia and that's what you made your decision on? That's right. kind of stuff I find pretty frustrating.
1: Yeah, me too. It, yeah, it's like the guy's like, Well, this could, the guy the other day was just so off the wall, but he said, And, and the app door, that's just silly. And it's like, Okay. <laughs> well, well, all right. All right. That's whatever that means. And yeah, and some other phrases too. But yeah, it's like, it, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I, I, have a pretty enjoyable life i like this so
0: there's no way you can win that argument with the random emailer um i i i used to do that i used to get random emails like why are you still doing your podcast it was obviously mccoy and i'd respond like hey here's all the information that proves it wasn't mccoy right and then they just write well you're you don't know anything and the FBI is covering it all up and uh, you just want the case to ah. remain unsolved so you can keep doing your podcast forever. It's like, right. no, I mean, now I'm in this weird argument, right? Yeah. What am I doing?
1: Yeah, That's the vortex part, isn't it?
0: That is the vortex <laughs> part. Most yeah. of those, I don't No, I'm lying. I respond to most of them still. Um, I wish yeah. I could say I didn't, but most of them I unfortunately still engage with. I'm not as evolved as you are apparently, but w- one day I'll get there. I hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. It, um,
0: but if people want to send you an email and harass you or they want to tell you a hundred percent, you're right. It's Walt or I, Hey, I watched the doc and loved it. Uh, is there somewhere they could reach out to you?
1: Sure, PrincipiaMedia.com. That's um that's our website, um, and um, yeah, we respond to all of them. It uh, it'll go into the comments section, and and uh, it just gets if it's something that I need to respond to or Dirk needs to respond to, then yeah, we'll respond to it. But as long as it's simple, you know, uh, if people become you know just vile, it's just like file it away. Don't need to hear it he'll find something else to yell about tomorrow so yeah
0: <laughs> well tell lisa that i said hi and tell her to get to work on that book because i can't wait to read it
1: yeah i really like lisa but i found i can't tell her what to do um <laughs> especially if she's <laughs> holding a
0: sword right
1: <laughs> that's right yeah yeah so yeah um, so no 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 what i try so yeah she'll get it out
0: all right Vern. did we miss anything
1: uh thank you so much you're always such a great host um uh you're enjoyable you uh, you let let me answer, and you ask very respectful questions, and I really appreciate it. Um, I, I wish you the absolute best, and we will keep following you. So, and we'll try not to harass you, and I will we'll send a comment occasionally.
0: Well, thank you, Vern. I appreciate that, and you, you know I'm a big fan of yours, and I'm very jealous of your travel schedule. So. <laughs> You got that going for you, too.
1: (laughs) Thanks. I am, too, sometimes. I can't believe it. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Thanks, Vern. I appreciate it. Head on over to PrincipiaMedia.com and check out all their projects. Pick up a copy of Vern's new book, The Search for D.B. Cooper, How We Cracked the Case and Why Some People Don't Want It Solved. While you're there, you can grab a copy of D.B. Cooper and Me by Carl Lauren, or Getting the Truth, I am D.B. Cooper by Joe Koenig. And I really recommend everyone check out the documentary they made, D.B. Cooper, The Real Story. You can hear Walt's confession for yourself, and it's just good. We'll have links to it all in the show notes for you. If you have questions, comments, or confessions, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email us dbcooperpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Vern Jones for squeezing me in between his lavish world travels. Thank you to Russell Colbert who canceled his lavish Thanksgiving plans just to produce this episode. Thank you to Darian Osadich for letting us play his music. I'm Darren Schaefer and thank you for listening to The Cooper Vortex.
2: I jacked a plane, so we were told, then he jumped into the cold. Well, a burn and a cigarette, he's in the air, the stage is set. Polite light and kind, the of people say, it's time to make his getaway. This is how the story goes, about the money and the man. And they call me now Catch me if you can Roll up in his coat, built tight He's got enough to change his life Where he landed no one knows But from his tale a legend rose it Was a cold dark rainy night As he walked he saw light held his cash close to his side just needs to catch a ride this is how the story goes about the money and the man maybe Cooper they call me now catch me if you can down to the bone the for a place to use the phone Little cafe outside of town he Walked in and he just sat down Met a man with a cowboy hat He told a friend right where he's at Until the night he disappeared And from that night a legend reared. This is how the storm goes about the money and the man D.B. Cooper, they call me now Catch me if you can Forty years, the secret's out The story has been told D.B. Cooper's done running now He was a